Welcome to the Digital Workplace Deep Dive. I'm your host, Weston Morris. Now, when I say blockchain, what comes to mind? Uh, no doubt, Bitcoin, cryptocurrency. I'm looking at Investopedia website right now, and it shows how Bitcoin has tripled in value over the last five months. But blockchain is a technology that can do so much more. And of course, in this podcast, we look at the digital workplace. So I'm really curious as to how blockchain is going to impact the average worker's experience, especially as we come out of the pandemic. So with that in mind, I am thrilled to invite Chris Blask back to the Digital Workplace Deep Dive. Welcome, Chris. Hello, Weston. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. And I really appreciate you giving us some time. Now, Chris is the Global Director of Applied Innovation at Unisys. He has been leading the charge globally in putting standards in place so that blockchain can be used to provide a digital bill of materials. And I promise you, this is a fascinating topic. You will be very surprised how this digital bill of materials backed by blockchain is going to change workers' experience in this post-pandemic world. Let's get started, Chris. I think just maybe a little bit of background information, uh, maybe a little quick primer on blockchain and then maybe explaining what that has to do with the digital bill of materials. Sure. Everybody's heard the word blockchain or the compound word. I think for our purposes, it's easier to think about it in a more technical term, which is distributed ledger technology. And with a distributed ledger, all you're really saying is that you have literally a ledger, as we're used to from paper from days of old, except these are magic ledgers where everybody has a copy of it, you and your partners. And if anybody makes any changes to one copy, it makes changes to all the copies at the same time. Yes, I think people may not fully understand what blockchain is, but they get something about Bitcoin, uh, cryptocurrency. But we're going to take it to a different level here. So this digital ledger that's tracking attestations or claims, how is that being applied in a digital bill of materials? Right. So DBOM or the digital bill of materials is something I invented right here at Unisys. And the idea of a digital bill of materials is that we should be able to hold something in our hands, you know, your phone, for example, and see the attestations about that that are appropriate to you. You know, and you should be able to see them in a timeliness and formats and it should just make sense. You know, we should be able to say, this device has this hardware and software and it was handled by these people and, and so forth. So that initial conversation has led to the DBOM consortium, the DBOM node technology that Unisys released on GitHub as our first open source in 150 years uh, <laughs> in December of 2020. And the DBOM node and channel architecture, which is an ecosystem for sharing attestations among parties. So I think that is really cool. If I'm interpreting it correctly, Chris, if I'm a head of IT at a, a large enterprise and I'm thinking about the devices that I'm purchasing and handing out to employees to do their job on, it's not just a device. I may be concerned about, well, what software is running on it? You mentioned open source. There's been some things in the news recently about open source software being used in the communication chips or inside of camera technology or other things that now may have security flaws. And I, as a user of a device, have no idea whether those risks are there. But with the digital bill of materials, is it possible for the head of IT or even an average user then to be able to track back and see, are those risks inherent into the device? So there was an executive order on supply chain security from the White House, which follows up in neat order over the last couple of years in the, in the previous administration. And there's an executive order coming out very soon. 
dictating the use of software bill of materials, S-bombs. And S-bombs are important in the D-bomb context because when we look at supply chain visibility, one of the critical issues right now is software. You know, as you say, open source software or proprietary software contains things we need to know what they are. So S-bombs being dictated in U.S. federal government critical infrastructure applications is an indication of what we see across multiple sectors. So having this visibility, having attestations that people can use, as you say in your example, running IT for a large enterprise, I need to be able to say when a vulnerability comes out, does that software exist in my ecosystem? Yeah, and you don't want to have to spend days or weeks tracking down with your supplier, hey, does this piece of open source software that has a security risk, is it in my device? With this digital bill of materials that includes a software bill of materials, it's instantly available because now it would be backed by blockchain. It can't lie (laughs) in the blockchain, right? That history is immutable and it's very clear what is or is not in that device. This is what DBOM is really replacing. So instead of emailing and faxing and putting in spreadsheets and having on SharePoints, all of the attestations about the activities in the supply chain, you have a single common format. You have a single common infrastructure those can be shared in. That's why we open source the DBOM node code so that it wasn't just Unisys or any one company. Everybody can do this. Well, that is just really cool. I, I love that. I'm just imagining as an IT manager having all these devices, whether the mobiles, smartphones, tablets, you know, laptops, IoT devices, and knowing through a digital bill of materials what's in them. It's almost like asset management on steroids that I really can trust and act on. But let's move to the digital worker now. How can this digital bill of materials be used, for example, in like a digital resume? So, well, taking LinkedIn as an example, if LinkedIn adopted DBOM, then you could choose in your account on LinkedIn to create a channel, for example, where your attestations live. Now, the effectiveness of the attestations you make on LinkedIn today are already you know, demonstrable. You know, we trust to a given operable level what people say on their LinkedIn connections. But if I can automate those attestations and say, no, you know, Weston Morris actually did do these things on this time, or at least he attested to it on, in public, immutably and machine readably, you know, that his education was XYZ. And if your university that you went to is also using DBOM for its student records, it could have stood up a DBOM node, created a public channel where public attestations about its students past and present are available and machine readable. So all this information is available now, but as we all know, anybody who's done any hiring, you do the best you can. You read people's LinkedIn, you read their resumes, you know, you talk to a couple of their contacts. Unless you're going for a government clearance, you know, you don't do things like, you know, looking up their childhood neighbors. But, you know, we make most business decisions today on soft and implicit attestations. Chris, I'm looking at an article from Career Cloud. It's entitled Six Lessons Learned After My LinkedIn Account Was Hacked. Is this something that is preventable using a blockchain-based digital bill of materials and a a digital resume? Sure. So LinkedIn decides to use DBOM. They stand up infrastructure DBOM nodes. They allow people like me uh, with a LinkedIn account, you know, to attest to an existing channel or to create a new channel of my own where my, my own attestations are stored. They choose to use blockchain, you know, distributed ledger. And that by itself, even without the channel infrastructure around it, gives a traceability. You know, I can see what's on it. 
any changes made will be seen and the history will be there. So, you know, putting that in a node and channel infrastructure where an HR system, for example, could just read your LinkedIn profile, know which pieces of information inside it have which level of credibility. That a recommendation made on your LinkedIn profile was made by somebody else who's also involved in blockchain attestations, including their personal ID and the fact that they actually did say that. We've had executives in the company, you know, have their LinkedIn profiles copied, which by itself is perhaps an innocuous thing. But again, you look in, in inside digital workplace operations, for example, the speed and the cycles we need to turn on give opportunities for miscreants to do simple things with things like making fake LinkedIn profiles that are just not obvious and require human intervention. So we can automate that out of the system. Yeah, that's that's really important in this day and age where, you know, your reputation really is online and it can affect your future income stream. I'm thinking about, Chris, another podcast episode I did with uh, uh, Antonio Gulino. He is the CEO of K2 Partnering, and he's driving innovations, supporting the gig economy. And one of the comments he made is that the reputation of his gig workers, the folks that are members of his company that he then is able to find jobs for, I can see where this digital bill of materials would be a great way to provide a digital resume that captures their reputation and is automatically updated. For example, they've got this K2 university as the gig workers go through training and they get a certification that can be added to it. Even he was talking about, it's okay for them to do work for other gig employers, right? That's not a problem. They're happy to track all of that activity, you know, for their workers inside of their repository. But I'm just imagining them being able to take this repository to the next level, capturing reputation, capturing ratings for work that's been done, certifications, training, interactions with other employees. This could really be a very powerful tool as the gig economy continues to explode. Transparency is a wonderful thing. From a security perspective, obviously knowing what you have and what it's doing, you know, the people you have, what they've been doing and so forth, and knowing that without a six-month investigation so that you can actually act on that information uh, is critical. Attestations are being made all the time today. Capturing those in common ways so that we can use them without human intervention in business processes is where we're going to find a lot of the value in the digital workplaces we're building. Well, Chris, maybe let's uh, switch gears here a little bit. So far, we've talked about how the digital bill of materials can benefit leaders of IT as they think about their devices. It's almost like asset management on steroids to kind of oversimplify it. We've talked about how it can benefit the average digital worker, whether they're in the gig economy or a full-time employee by having a very secure digital resume that's updated in real time. Let's now maybe take a look at managed service providers, you know, such as Unisys, such as ourselves. And this whole industry is looking at experience and tracking experience, moving from SLAs, you know, service level agreements that measure a single interaction with a worker to experience level agreements where we're looking, taking a step back and looking at what's the full experience that workers have. I, I'm wondering if a digital bill of materials could be somehow tied to an XLA and that could be presented by a managed service provider to a client and to say, you know, instead of here's your dashboard of SLAs, you know, green, red, and yellow, here is a digital bill of materials, so to speak, for the experience level that we're providing to you and your employees. And you can track it down to the lowest level of detail. Is something like that possible? 
I think Unisys has an opportunity to provide that layer um, using you know, attestation channels, digital bill of materials, and our other strengths to maintain an actionable visibility of XLAs, of the actual experience of what we're trying to manage. It's been interesting going down the supply chain path because while people are focused on software bill of materials or hardware bill of materials or vulnerabilities, there's a sub-thread working on the human experience part. Who touched that? What did they do with it, right? This speaks to the same human experiences we look at in the digital workplace, whereas, you know, what are the experiences that people are actually having? So, you know, everything is connected to everything else in this. You know, the XLA is going to be uh, related to the screen brightness and the user interface and the HR management system. So having all those attestations in the same place, in the same formats, in the same transport system, I think will have similar benefits at the user experience level uh, that they do in supply chain security or other applications. And I'm just trying to understand myself, what would be the difference between, let's say, a dashboard that says, here's how we're doing on our XLAs. You know, it's a dial, it's a gauge, it's a number. There's some data you can drill down into, you know, how many tickets or how many people were affected, survey results, that kind of thing, versus this experience being tracked and presented through a digital bill of materials. I mean, what's the problem of service providers simply putting it up in a dashboard and saying, here's my data? Well, you still have those. How we interface with information and how we store it and transport can be different things. The thing about blockchain and the thing about DBOM, whether or not you have blockchain involved, is you're defining very clearly the, the conditions under which you're storing the attestations. Where is this information? Who gets it? What can it be used for? In that modular fashion, you know, you get to make this information more actionable and more portable than just users reading it on a screen. The experience that is delivered to a digital worker today is not delivered by a single vendor or a single part of the organization. It's not just service desk. It's not just field services. You know, there's an HR component. There's a culture. Many aspects go into experience. It feels like the digital bill of materials has the power of aggregating all of those channels so that I could present a single view that now I can drill down into multiple paths. Am, am I thinking the right way about that, Chris? I think so, because at the end of the day, that is what you get. You get the single view and it's appropriate from your perspective, whoever you are. You know, so if you're the user of a device, for example, you log into it a certain way, you can see the attestations across some set of channels that you care about, you know, that your IT people have put there or whatever it is, but you don't need to see all the way back to who shoveled the chip. And if you are the service technician showing up with the same device and logging in with your credentials, you quite likely have a different DBOM, a different perspective. Perhaps you see attestations made by vendors, as you say, all the way up the line to the semiconductors themselves. So it's the ability to parse this all out so that while there is, in some sense, this one aggregate view, there's not one aggregate database. There's not one aggregate repository. A use case we've developed, for example, if a metal bracket fails on a highway, a field technician in a pickup truck can scan a mark on it with their phone and within seconds at that moment have the attestations when did they receive that bracket you know who picked it up what dock was it put on from the vendor uh, of the bracket itself so all the way up to the foundry and the vat of steel and the chemical properties of it could be in the hand of somebody while they're standing on the side of the highway doing their job 
as opposed to the 18 month you know legal investigation that happens today if a camera falls on a passing car mm. well chris blask this has been fascinating and eye-opening to think about blockchain far beyond uh perhaps just thinking about it in terms of, of bitcoin or cryptocurrency I would just really want to thank you so much for taking some time and educating us on this hot emerging trend. Thank you very much, Weston. And thanks everyone for your time. You've been listening to Chris Blask, the Global Director of Applied Innovation at Unisys, who has been pioneering standards and digital bill of materials using blockchain. And remember, in the near future, when your resume is actually a series of blockchain attestations, you heard it here first. This is the Digital Workplace Deep Dive. I'm your host, Weston Morris. Thanks for listening.